0: Welcome, everyone, to episode 117 of the Practicology Podcast. We are so thankful that you keep coming on here to
1: listen in. Matthew, you're welcome, too. Thank you very much. Mike, I'm going to start off with a question for you today. How would you feel or what would you think if someone were to say to you, don't be such a baby? I would think that they were
0: telling me to grow up and mature and, uh, you know, do some adulting or something like
1: that. Yeah, it's not normally a compliment. But today, we want to learn that we should be a baby, how we should be like babies, like newborn infants, in fact. For example, one of the amazing things about newborn babies is how much they rapidly change and grow. That's why when someone asks how old a little baby is, we don't say, well, they're still zero. They haven't had a birthday yet. They're just, they're zero years old. No, we give the answer in terms of months or even weeks. Yeah, because they're changing every week.
0: There is such rapid growth and development. We have a little baby coming to our meeting right now and every week
1: uh, she we can see the difference in her. Same here. Exactly. And there is one key ingredient in their ongoing physical growth. Got milk? That's it. They need their mother's milk. A newborn baby is not capable of very much, but miraculously something that comes naturally to them is rooting for milk. And Peter says we should all be like newborn babies. 1 Peter 2, verse 2, like newborn infants desire the pure milk of the word so that you may grow.
0: Well, I love that verse, Matthew, but in my experience, I know it raises a few interpretive questions too, so I'm going to throw them at you before you get into the more practical points. You just said we all should be like newborn babies desiring milk, but the scriptures also say that we should mature beyond milk so that we can handle solid food for instance, 1 Corinthians 3. So is it right that we should all be like newborn
1: babies or should we be maturing beyond 1 Peter 2? Well, I know that you know we should not be maturing beyond 1 Peter 2. You reference 1 Corinthians 3, another reference is Hebrews 5, but those are different writers writing in a totally different context. And in fact, they're using a different word for babies or infants too. This word in 1 Peter 2 is conveying a newborn baby. So in the context of 1 Corinthians 3 and Hebrews 5, the milk represents elementary teaching. Nothing wrong with that, but just as we expect babies and children to progress to solid food, so believers should mature and their spiritual appetite for deeper understanding of the Scripture should also grow. That That's important teaching.
0: But you're saying in 1 Peter 2, the milk doesn't uh, represent
1: just elementary teaching. That's exactly what I'm saying. In First Peter 2, it's a simile, just like a, a mother's milk is essential food for a newborn baby's physical growth. So the pure milk of the word is essential food for all believers' spiritual growth. Okay, well, you better explain that word you
0: just used, to, a simile. Some of us may be forgetting our high school English
1: terminology. I'm sure I could use some brushing up too, but I did enjoy learning about different figures of speech like personification and onomatopoeia and metonymy let me throw that back at you mike do you remember what the difference is between a metaphor and a simile um simile uses the word like or as doesn't it that's it so they're both making comparisons Uh, if you watch me eat a local donair you might say to me matthew you're such a pig well that's that's more like a metaphor not a real attractive one but if, if you say you eat like a pig, that's, that's a simile. And Peter uses a few similes for believers in his first epistle. He says we are to be as obedient children. We are as living stones. We are as strangers and exiles. And we are to be like newborn infants. All of those figures of speech, all of those similes are descriptive of all of God's people, no matter whether we're, saved four weeks or four decades. Every believer is like a living stone in God's house, and every believer is to be like a newborn baby in their desire for milk. That's how we should desire the pure milk of the Word of God. Well, that's an interesting phrase
0: there, the pure milk of the Word. I know different translations handle it differently. It's it's a really rare word in the New Testament. It's the word from Romans 12, verse 1, that presenting your bodies is your reasonable service or your spiritual worship. So this phrase is translated in 1 Peter 2 as the spiritual milk or the true milk of the word or the unadulterated spiritual milk, the pure mental milk of the word, the sincere milk of the word. It's obviously a thorny phrase to translate. Yet all of those translations are in some way communicating that the word of God is pure milk.
1: And that's important. And this is lesson number one today. We can have confidence in the scriptures confidence in the word and this is such a blessing in picking up the Bible friends we are getting pure milk I can recall hearing in the news a few years ago about milk and milk formula scandals in different places there was one instance where melamine had been added to milk to make it seem like it had more protein babies died because of that in another instance there was watered down milk and the milk just didn't have the protein it should and babies were suffering and dying from malnourishment but when we pick up the Bible we are getting pure spiritual milk. There's no book like it. So pick it up, brothers and sisters. Drink from it deeply. It's how you will grow. Matthew, what kind of milk would we find in the cane fridge today? Would it be 1%, 2%, whole milk, straight from the goat? You would find mostly 2% milk. Of course, there's also some uh, some 10% for Esther's coffee, and there's... Uh, some you know 35% whipping cream that we like to use for dessert but we're we're putting 2% milk in our cereal and in our tea and if we drink a, a glass of milk
0: okay well listeners wanted to know so thank you how blessed we are to have access to healthy food but how much more blessed we are to have access to this pure milk that you're speaking of and, uh, and here on the podcast, Matthew, we've often spoken of other books we've enjoyed and gotten help from, and we've done book reviews, we've given away books as prizes. So we obviously think it's healthy to read other books too, but the value of those Christian books is that they're teaching us biblical truth, they're explaining the Bible, they're applying the Bible's teaching to life, and as we read them, that's what we're looking for. How does this shed light on the Bible? How does this conform to the Word of God? But, of course, there are things from time to time that we question a little bit or things we know are flat out wrong. But thank the Lord, we don't need to do that with His Word. We are free to put total confidence in it.
1: Yeah, we judge other books by the Bible. But we don't judge the Bible. We shouldn't. We let the Bible judge us. Let's be careful, too, in our interpreting the Scriptures that we don't interpret the Scriptures based on our circumstances. But we interpret the right course of action in our circumstances based on the scriptures. Let the scriptures pass judgment on our circumstances and we can evaluate where we need to change. Following the scriptures will never lead us astray. This is what we mean actually when we talk about the infallibility of God's word. It is incapable of error. It is absolutely trustworthy. It will always give me perfect guidance. When we speak of Scripture's infallibility, it's a a good example of practical theology. It's about preserving us from going astray. I know we can make mistakes sometimes in interpreting God's guidance. We're going to spend some time talking about God's guidance later in the summer, actually, on this podcast. But I, I know we can make mistakes sometimes, but that doesn't mean Scripture has failed. Scripture is the one book I can have total confidence in for infallible guidance. It is pure
0: milk. Amen. Yeah. So if I could just raise a thorny question here. A couple of minutes ago, I quoted from a bunch of different translations of 1 Peter 2. And we all heard there, you know, not every translation says the exact same thing. So does this mean that some translations are more pure than others?
1: That is a thorny question, bro. Uh, you, you could say that, but that statement can so easily be blown out of proportion. The minor differences among translations do absolutely nothing to shake my confidence in scripture. I'm still a firm believer that the exceedingly minor variants in ancient manuscripts on the whole, they actually serve to strengthen our confidence in the scriptures that we hold. And while every English translation will have something about it that I may not think is ideal, I think we can be very thankful for the various good options we have. The, The multiplicity of them at times, I know, adds to confusion but we should, be, we should be very thankful that people are reading the Bible. Yes, some options are better than others. And as you know, I've, I've really come to appreciate the CSB, Christian Standard Bible, over the past while. I think it's an excellent option. I know others prefer other translations. But I can pick up any of those, I think, that you were just quoting from, Mike, and say, I can feed on this. I can drink deeply from the pure spiritual milk I am holding in this book. How would you answer your own question, though, Mike? Well, I think
0: uh, the New Testament teaches us to recognize the value of translations. I mean, I'm not an expert on this, but I believe the apostles do quote uh, the Greek translation of the Hebrew, the Septuagint, at various places in the New Testament, and so implicitly we're being taught to rely on translations of God's Word and to see them as the Word of God, even though translations aren't perfect, um,
1: they still convey the Word of God to us. Amen. And I will throw out one other thing out there, though, just as an example of a translation that I would say is adulterated or contaminated with heretical bias. The New World Translation put out by the Watchtower Society, that is Jehovah's Witnesses, they purposefully have totally unjustified renderings, I don't even want to say translations, in some of some passages that undermine the deity of Christ, for example, because they are a heretical cult. Could someone be saved reading that text? Sure, God is able but it also reflects the spirit of Antichrist and should be avoided, frankly. (laughs) Yeah, so use our baloney detectors as we learned a few episodes
0: ago. Very good. Well, thanks for that. So stick to the pure milk of the word and have confidence
1: in it. Have confidence in the word. It's a pure milk supply. Secondly, think of our regularity with the word. Confidence in the word, regularity with the word. A newborn baby feeds, I think, something like every two to four hours. Now, I'm not saying you need to pick up your Bible that often, but it is certainly instructive to us of our need for regular nourishment from the milk of the Word. Yeah, it's a fascinating
0: comparison, uh, us Christians, to newborn babies. And I like that point, Matthew, because in my own experience, I know how quickly my spirit can feel sort of dried up if I'm not feeding on God's Word. And it's not only my own private devotions with the scriptures, but we also need to be fed by others. We need we need both of those things. So sometimes that comes to us through conversations with friends, but also our times of hearing the word taught in the local church with regularity, as you said. Uh, make it a part of my habit. This is for my spiritual growth. I was just talking to a Christian lady yesterday, I think it was, or a few days ago and talking about how her son's having to work Sundays right now. And he's desperate to get off this job into something else because he just he just feels the effect it's having, drying up
1: his personal enjoyment of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'd actually like to merge the two points you just made there at the end. Mike. you said, we should talk about it at times with our friends and we should be hearing it in the church. And I think it's actually a great practice to talk about with our friends what we hear in the teaching meetings. So take what we've heard and then make that part of the subject of our conversation with our friends later and and other believers in the local church. Maybe it's in your home at Sunday dinner, talking about what was preached on that morning, or maybe it's a coffee break time there. Maybe it's when you're hanging out a couple of days later. Bring up something you enjoyed from the message or from the Bible study. Then it's like you get to feed upon it a little bit more. And let me make that suggestion particularly to young couples who are going out together, not yet married, uh, hopefully you want your relationship to have a strong spiritual component. And I mean, you don't just want to talk about how beautiful each other's eyes are, but maybe you struggle a little bit just to know how, or it feels a little bit awkward at first as you're just getting to know each other a little bit more. Well, share what you like from a, a message you just heard. Maybe you were in the same meeting or conference together and you can talk about that, or if you were at if you're in different local churches, you could share what you enjoyed from a message, and they could share what they enjoyed from a message, maybe something you've learned or something that surprised you that you could talk about together. But let the scriptures be a part of your regular discussion. Be like a newborn baby, regularly desiring the pure milk of the word so that you will grow. Uh-huh. Yeah, I
0: think that is one of the intended functions of the public preaching of the word in the local is to uh, get us all talking, get us all talking with the same scripture and then teasing out different implications for our lives. Matthew, can you give us some help on this? Uh, How do we cultivate that desire? Maybe someone's listening right now, and the scriptures seem a little dry to them. So how can they increase their appetite?
1: Well, we've all been there more often than we'd like to admit. I know that feeling very well. But let's think about that. So our confidence in the word, it is pure spiritual milk. Our regularity with the word, like a newborn baby, needs regular nourishment. And now our desire for the word. I'm going to make a few practical suggestions. Seven, in fact. I'm going to make seven bullet point suggestions here. And I'd love to hear your thoughts too, Mike. Anything you can add, I'm sure our listeners will appreciate. Number one, eating can increase your appetite. Eating can increase your appetite. In other words, reading the scriptures can cultivate the desire to read more of the scriptures. So I know that sometimes it will be difficult and dry. I know that. But keep reading, keep plugging through those dry and difficult times. And I expect there will be times when you enjoy them and when you then want them more. So don't give up easily. Get back at it. I mean, the scriptures are such an encouragement at times to my faith, just my faith in God, uh, that I know I need more of those scriptures to build up that faith even more. That is something that has developed over time. Eating has increased my appetite. Yeah, Matthew, it's uh, it's like eating sushi, you know,
0: reading the Bible, it's a learned appetite. And as we do it, we gain appetite for it.
1: I had some fantastic sushi a little while ago, and it has made me want some more. That's a great example. Thank you secondly ask god to strengthen your desire to deepen your desire so bring that to the lord in prayer i mean i've got to be honest as i as i reflect back on when i first really got into reading my bible a lot more and, and more bible study um part of that part of that was obviously just the work of the holy spirit within me and i give thanks to god for that And I know that that same Holy Spirit is in you, brothers and sisters, and you can ask God directly. Be honest with Him and be clear with what you are looking for and and pray that He may implant within you and deepen that desire for the Word of God, that you may grow thereby.
0: Yes, Psalm 119, verse 36. Matthew is the verse for this. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not
1: to selfish gain. We can pray this prayer if we're lacking desire. Good, thank you. Number three. Drink deeply from the scriptures. Think about what you read. Mull it over. Take time to think about how it applies to you. Maybe you're reading about the life of Joseph and uh, you think of his attitude towards his brothers there at the end when he reveals himself and how you meant it for evil and God meant it for good. Think about circumstances in your own life. Is there something that you've been looking at as a as a horrendous evil and curse upon you, is there a way that God could be turning around that for a blessing? That's one example. But all all I'm meaning there is we're not just reading the Bible just to say that we read the Bible, but take time to think about it. Enjoy it, drink deeply, and consider how it applies to you. And if you see the relevance of the scriptures to your life, that's going to make you want more of them for direction and growth. Number four, Admittedly, not every message or Bible teaching session at your local church is going to be amazing, but you'd like to be there when it is amazing, wouldn't you? So be regular, be regular there. Make it a habit, make it a priority. So often we feel sometimes, you know, we, we hear a message, oh, I wish so-and-so was there for that meeting. They would have loved it. Make it a priority to be there so that you can be there when you just get that needed word and pray before you come that the Lord will give the brothers help to feed you and others. I don't want that statement just to be a go to more meeting kind of statement, but but you'd like to be there when that word in season is given. That is just the needed word for your soul. Number five, admittedly, some Bible teachers are more able than others to give us wonderful things from the scriptures. And when you hear of some special Bible teaching meetings or conference going on, try and be there. Maybe adjust your schedule for it in advance. One of the things that deepened my desire for the pure spiritual milk of the word is being fed by others and listening to what they brought out of the scriptures and just and just amazing me with the, the, the way the scriptures were put together and the unity of the scriptures, and showing how these scriptures apply to my life. That made me want to study the Word more deeply. So avail yourselves of good Bible teaching, and maybe it's not always going to be right in your local church, but you could find it if you get recordings, of course, as messages as well, and listening to that maybe while you're going for a walk or outside doing some work. But enjoy the rich, delicious fruit of other people's study. You will I've used the analogy there of fruit, but I mean, we're also talking still about the milk. Desire the pure milk of the word. Number six, remember that you need food. You need nourishment to grow. You need it. Think again about the picture of a of a mother's milk. I mean, that that mother's milk is just packed full of essential food for that little baby. The newborn baby has left the protection of his mother's womb, and they've come into this world full of germs. Well, that first milk that he gets from his mother is so full of protein and antibodies to protect against disease. It's an amazing thing. It's a wonderful lesson to us. If I'm not drinking the milk of the word, I'm more susceptible to spiritual illness. We need the word. We need the nourishment to grow and to be protected from going astray. Number seven, and here's a valuable one, and then I'm handing it back to you, Mike. Number seven Look for Christ in the Scriptures. Your heart has been won to the Lord Jesus. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And when you find the glories of Christ in Scripture and you think more about what the Scripture is saying Christ has done for you and and who He is for you today, I think that will deepen your appetite. I think that will increase your appetite for the Scriptures as well. Look for Christ in the Scriptures. He is the lover of your soul. He is your friend and you will cultivate that relationship and enjoyment with Him as you see Him in the Scriptures.
0: Well, that's excellent, Matthew. I wholeheartedly agree with all seven of those uh, appetite aids that you've given us there, and I really don't need to add in anything of my own. But one thing comes to my mind, I remember reading a book by Eugene Peterson. I, I want to say it was called Eat This Book, but it was all about how we read the Bible and so on. And he he just cited a little personal anecdote there. Um, I think he was quite a walker or a runner, I'm not sure which, it's been a while, but he had a surgery or something and he was laid up on bed for quite a long time and he stopped walking, he stopped running. And he noticed that as soon as he stopped walking or running, his desire to read books about walking and running dried up as well. And his little point was that another way for us to cultivate an appetite for scripture, to find that we're really hungry to, to turn to the Bible is to walk the walk, is to get back in the game, uh, to seek to live the Christian life and be engaged. And as we walk with the Lord, uh, we're going to encounter a world full of temptation, full of attacks and and hostilities. And we get, we get bounced around a bit. And uh, all of a sudden, we're finding, you know what? I have to read my Bible, right? I have to. I have to read it because I need the nourishment and the food and the cleansing effect and and
1: so on that it alone can provide me. Mm. Thank you for that. And thank you so much listeners for tuning in today. I pray it will be a blessing to you in the development of your own appetite for the word. And maybe you have some personal experience and suggestions that you could share with us about uh, cultivating your own desire, what you have found helpful. Feel free to reach out to us. We always love hearing from our listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in today. The Lord be with you all i